Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer, and I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And I'd like to ask you a question. Have you ever heard a boss or a coach, or perhaps a teacher, essentially anyone in authority, criticized in this way? They'll ask me to do it, but you'd never catch them doing it themselves. It may be that someone has been given a real dirty, nasty job to perform, and they respond with, he'll give me the job, but he wouldn't do it. On the other hand, I've heard people in authority praised by those under them with statements like, he'll never ask you to do anything that he wouldn't do himself. I'd like you to come with me, if you have a Bible ready, to Matthew chapter 10. In this chapter, we find the Lord Jesus sending his apostles on an evangelistic journey among the Jews. They are commissioned to preach that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and to heal the sick, cast out demons, and raise the dead. He warns them that they will be persecuted, beaten, and brought before the authorities because of their labor for the Lord. He tells them that they must be faithful and endure until the end and be saved. Now I want to pick up reading in verse 23 and read through verse 25. There Jesus said, But when they persecute you in this city, flee you into another. For verily I say unto you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master, and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of this household? The point I'd like to get out of this passage, and what we're going to spend the rest of our time talking about today, is simply this. The Lord Jesus never asks too much of us, because everything he asks of us is only that which he himself has done. Jesus has not asked us to do anything that he would not and did not do himself. As Jesus said, it is enough for the disciple that he be as his master. Let's talk about some of those things that we constantly are exhorted and admonished to do in the New Testament, and let's just see if what I have said holds true. Has too much been asked of us who are Christians? Or have we only been asked to do those very things that our Master himself has done? Let's talk about something as simple and basic as attending worship services, Bible studies, and gospel meetings. All Bible students are aware of such passages as Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 and 25, in which the Hebrew writer exhorted us, Hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, 
but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I think it's unfortunate if we simply stop there in studying this passage, because verse 26 teaches us a very important thing. In the context, it says, For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. In the context of that willful sin is the sin of habitually failing to assemble when the saints come together. But is that asking too much of people to attend when the church assembles together? My friends, it is no more than what our Lord did according to the law that he was under. Luke chapter 4 and verse 16 tells us, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. The idea that it was the custom of the Lord indicates that it was something that he habitually did. He literally did that was according to his custom. Now understand that this means that he had the habit, the custom, of going to public worship in the synagogue as a boy, a habit that he kept as a grown man. As far as attendance is concerned, what we are doing now with our children is what their habit or custom will be when they grow up. You know, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 20, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Who can begin to calculate what we are losing personally and what we are depriving our children of when we willingly absent ourselves from the times when the church gathers together? Surely the Lord is not asking too much of us by admonishing us to be present at every service. It is no more than what he taught by example and what he has admonished us in the word. Let's go now to Matthew 25 and read verses 34 through 36. Again, it is Jesus speaking, and he said, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in, naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. It is apparent then that Jesus asks us to be concerned about those things that characterize those who are sick. And by the way, visited doesn't mean just to go and see, but it means to supply what is needed. He asks us to care for those less fortunate than ourselves, but to demonstrate that care in deed and not just in words. He asks us to be benevolent. In so doing, when was Jesus asking us too much? You know, my friends, we know people who are sick, shut in, or both. They need to be shown that even in the family of the Lord's church, those who always have a place, they can fit in one way or another into the exhortation of Matthew chapter 25. Let's all ask ourselves, when was the last time I visited one of these people? When was the last time I wrote someone a note of encouragement? When was the last time I called someone to see how they were doing and if there was anything that I could do? It certainly seems that Jesus made that kind of behavior a prerequisite for being pleasing to him. He used it as a determining factor as to where we will be eternally. Well, is he asking too much of us? 
Let's stay in the Gospel according to Matthew. This time turn to Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. This passage seems to me to epitomize the benevolent heart and work of Jesus. It says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. How many times does the Bible tell us of the Lord's concern for the poor, for those who are sick, for those who are suffering? I am reminded of a statement we find in Mark chapter 6 verse 31. Whenever I think that I'm just too busy to write or to call or to visit or to help in some way. The verse says, And he said unto them, the he there being Jesus, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place, and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat, so busy that he did not even have the time to sit down and eat a meal. Is Jesus asking too much of us when he asks us to visit the sick and care for the needy? No, he's only asking us to do what he did himself. When Jesus asks us, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature, Is he just plain asking too much of us? I think of the first century church, operating under the direction and guidance of the apostles, scattered abroad from Jerusalem because of their faith in the Lord. And you know what they did? They went everywhere preaching the word. You and I, all who are faithful Christians, we know the Lord expects us to talk to people about him. He wants us to talk to our neighbors and those that we work with. He wants us to talk to those that we go to school with and those that we might be friends with. And we know that he wants us to do this even when it means that we're going to suffer persecution because of it. But let's all ask ourselves the question, how long has it been since I personally talked to anyone about their salvation? How long has it been since I invited someone personally to attend worship services? How long has it been since I volunteered to study the Bible with someone? These are all important questions. Here's another one. Is Jesus asking too much of us by expecting us to talk to people about him? Over and over again in the gospel accounts we read of Jesus teaching the multitudes of people at one time. Think of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Think of the wonderful discourse presented to the multitude in John chapter 6. At times he spoke privately to individuals, such as Nicodemus in John 3 and the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well in John 4. Did he suffer persecution because of what he taught? Oh yes, indeed he did. In Luke chapter 4 we find Jesus in the synagogue of his hometown Nazareth teaching the fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 61 verses 1 and 2. So angry did his former friends and neighbors become with him that they thrust him out of the city and took him to the brow of the hill on which Nazareth was built with the intention of throwing him down to his death. We read of another time when Jesus said, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. That's Matthew 13 and verse 57. So, 
Is Jesus asking us to do too much? When Jesus asks us to teach the gospel, he is asking us to do only that which he did himself. When he asks us to do so, even in the face of persecution because of it, he is just asking us to do what he did himself. When Jesus asks us as his children to love each other, to give each other the benefit of the doubt, to be willing to forgive each other, is he just asking too much? I think of the Lord's statement in John 13, verses 34 and 35, when he said, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. If you say or do something that hurts or offends me, something that causes me great pain, but you repent, is the Lord asking too much of me when he asks me to forgive you? No. He's simply asking me to do what he did. We'll turn now to Luke chapter 22 and read verses 54 through 62. There we find, Then took they him, and led him, and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall, and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire, and earnestly looked upon him, and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while another saw him, and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour after another, confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I do not what thou do not know what thou sayest. I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, while he yet spake, the cock crew, and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. In a time when Jesus needed him the most, Peter denied even knowing him. But he repented. And later we find an angel at the empty tomb of Jesus telling the women, Go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. Tell Peter, indicating that the Lord was thinking of Peter and how he felt. And he wanted to make sure that Peter specifically knew that all was well. When Jesus asked me to forgive my brothers and sisters, he's only asking me to do what he would do himself. Later in the Gospel of John, verse chapter 15, verses 12 through 14, Jesus said, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Jesus said that the greatest evidence of love that a man can have for his friends is the willingness to lay down his life for them, and then he did it. When the Lord asked me to love my brothers and sisters in Christ, he's not asking too much of me, he is only asking what he has already done himself. When Jesus asked me to love those in the world, to love those who are ungodly and immoral, to love even those who deny the very existence of the Father and who would belittle and mistreat us, 
when he asks us to love them enough to do something to help them, is he asking too much? I don't believe so. Jesus is simply asking us to do what he did. There was a time when Jesus looked upon the city of Jerusalem, the city that was rejecting him, the city that would soon ring out with the shouts of crucify him, crucify him, the city where he would die. And he said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. As our Lord was lifted up to look down from the cross upon the very ones who had brought his crucifixion about, what did he say? He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then very shortly after that, he died for them. So when Jesus asked me to love those in the world enough to actually do something to help, he's not asking too much. Perhaps you remember the passage from Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8, where Paul wrote, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He's only asking us to do what he himself has done. And then finally, when Jesus asked me to put God before everything else, is he asking too much of me? Again, my friends, I just don't think so. Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And then that's exactly what he did. In John chapter 8, verses 28 and 29, we find, Then said Jesus unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you shall know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. At the time of his greatest emotional stress, with the soldiers on the way to arrest him and begin the process that would culminate in his death, Jesus prayed to the Father, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. When Jesus asks us to put the Father before everything, he is not asking too much. He's just asking me to do what he has done. My friends, Jesus is our example. He has shown us the way in everything that he would ask of us. How can we ever allow ourselves to fall short and be satisfied with it? Words to think about. Thanks for listening.